Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. If you've been a viewer of this podcast for a while now, then you would know that I'm not in my normal environment. You might be wondering, Jonah, where are you? I'm actually in my living room. And today, the reason why I'm in my living room is because I'm able to have a very special conversation with one of my good friends and a sister to me. Her name is Karen Blanchard. If you've listened or watched this podcast for a while, then you would know that Karen is not a stranger to this podcast. She's not a stranger in my life. And we've actually been able to have a conversation on this podcast many episodes back, and episode 106. And so if you do not know who Karen is and you want to know a little bit more about her life and growing up down in Pensacola, Florida, and what led her up here to Michigan and how she came to know Jesus, I highly encourage you to check out episode 106. The name of the episode is The Freedom Found in Vulnerability and Surrender. And Karen Blanchard is filled with both of those, vulnerability and surrender. I wanted to open up today's episode with a passage found in the Bible, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is what Paul says in verse 1. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that when I was with you, I would forget everything else except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit and did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And then verse 10 says this, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we will know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. The conversation that me and Karen get to have on this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the Spirit of God. What does it mean to know the Spirit of God? And how can we have the Spirit of God? What does it mean to abide in the Spirit? What does it mean to live through the Spirit? What does it mean to have an abundant life through Jesus? That's what we're going to be talking about today on this podcast. So no matter where today finds you, I pray that this conversation between Karen Blanchard and I will bless you and meet you where you are. A little behind the scenes, I don't even know if Karen knows this, after recording the last episode, I honestly was kind of done. I didn't really have anything that I felt like I needed to say. Um, I mean, of course, I was open to whatever the Lord wanted, but I was, was kind of done. I kind of felt like I said everything that needed to be said, but this was something that me and Karen were talking about like many weeks, many, many, many weeks before, and it just like kind of lined up. And so, Karen, I actually got a text from you after recording the last episode, you're like, oh, hey, I think I know what I want to talk about now. Cool, you know, I guess I guess we're not done yet. 
So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. If you could just open us up in a word of prayer, and then I had a passage that I felt like just kind of goes with what we're going to be talking about today. Could you uh, pray for us? Yes. All right. Father God, I just thank you for Jonah. Lord, I thank you for his obedience with this podcast, God. And Lord, I just pray um, just for you to speak through both of us today um, and for the Holy Spirit to just lead our conversation. Um, God, I just pray that uh, those that are listening now or those that will listen in the future um, will be open to what it is that you're wanting to speak to their hearts today through this podcast, God. Again, we just surrender ourselves. We we just ask that you um, remove us from the situation and just let the Holy Spirit um, speak through us today. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Romans chapter 7, verse 4. And so this is what it says. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. I know last time you talked about just that surrender. You had this moment where you said, like, Lord, like, I don't I want to go deeper. Like, I want for you to have all of me. And you were just talking so much about like what that has looked like even in the year or two years since that moment has happened for you. What has been some things that the Lord has been kind of showing you as from that moment on of where you're at right now of like, okay, how do we live in the spirit? How do we grow in our walk with Jesus? When we surrender our life to Christ and we ask Jesus to come into our heart, that is surrender. You know, that is inviting him in. I asked Jesus to my heart when I was a little girl and I didn't know what it meant to fully surrender. I viewed it more as like, you know, you hear about heaven and hell and a little nervous about, you know, like, where am I going to go when I die? And you think about inviting Jesus in because you want to live with him forever and you want to go to heaven one day, right? I mean, that's kind of like a very basic child's view of salvation. Yeah. And so um, I have been in the church my whole life, but I still lived in the flesh, I guess, you know, just a, a lot about me, a lot about my career, not necessarily asking the Lord to lead my life all the time. You know, um, I mean, I did go to him with some things, you know, but not a constant daily surrender of asking the spirit to lead. And so um a couple of years ago at the end of 2017, I had a moment of full surrender where I was kind of at the end of my rope, just very frustrated with myself. And even though I did not like the word surrender in that moment, I heard the Lord tell me surrender. And that was all I had left. I felt like, you know, I, I was, I was done doing it on my own. So ever since that moment and going further into learning what surrender meant, And then this was actually just spoken over me this week, Jonah, when I was talking to um, one of the mentors at our church, but Mm -hmm. she said, you know, um, when we fully surrender to the Lord, it's like it then allows the Holy Spirit to work through us and flow through us to other people. Whenever we haven't fully surrendered, then it like blocks the Holy Spirit from flowing through us to others because we're still leading the way. The Holy Spirit is not leading the way. And so basically that's where... Um, the shift in me has happened after surrendering is now 
constantly, daily, even situation by situation, asking the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and, and, um, you know, surrendering things to him instead of like, what, what do I think is best in the situation? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want Karen's, Karen's thoughts. I want the spirit, you know, I want the Lord to lead. And so the more I've tapped into that or, um, du- you know, really, um, called on the Lord and, and, and more of a moment by moment situation, he starts revealing to me where I'm wrong. He starts, you know, kind of breaking down that self in me. And it's a lot easier to take, <laughs> you know, cause I know that I've surrendered and I've asked the Lord to show me these things. And so, um, I think just, it's just that now that change of a mindset from, um, what I think is right to constantly inviting the Lord in and asking the spirit to lead. I think so many of us have an idea of what a spirit is or what a ghost is. But then we, when we read the Bible and it's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, um, or even like Genesis chapter one, where it talks about the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Like growing up, like what did you think when you read like the Spirit? What, what kind of came in your mind? You know, I was always taught about the Trinity, you know, mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, and was always taught that, you know, when you accepted Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit came and indwelled in you. And I understood, I mean, like, I understood Mm -hmm. that. I think I kind of viewed it as it's more of your, that's your conscience, you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. it's going to convict, you know, help you to do right. Um, and I, and even as a child, like, I, I guess it's faith. Like I just understood it as that. Cause it was taught mm-hmm. to me. Um, but it wasn't something that I acknowledged a lot. Like I would never speak about the Holy spirit, you know, I mean, I knew he was in me, but I wasn't sharing with people or I wasn't saying, um, you know, Holy spirit lead me today. I was never having conversation like mm-hmm. that. I don't think it was necessarily strange. I just didn't really think much about it, I guess, you know, yeah. but I do remember, and so if my parents watch this, you know, I do remember my dad talking a lot about the Holy spirit, That's awesome. um, but I never questioned it. And I never really asked what he meant by that. You know, now, like, as I'm leading my kids too, I, I just try to think, okay, now to take like what my dad, yes, like he spoke of the Holy spirit, but now I'm trying to explain to my kids, like, like what it means and how, and how to um, invite him in and not just like speak of it only, but to, and again, that's like my little kid mindset. Like maybe he did try to explain it and I just didn't grasp it, you know? I guess like thinking about the spirit growing up, I didn't really think much about it. Like, I mean, I thought about Jesus. I grew up like in the Bible belt. So I kind of, um, I kind of knew a lot about Jesus, even if I wasn't at church. I just knew like little bits and pieces here and there. I also knew a lot about stuff that I was like, huh, that's kind of, you know, strange. Cause I would hear from like friends or peers like about things in the Bible. I was like, oh, you know, that's, that's crazy. You know, is that really in the Bible? You know, I think all of us as kids, um, if they had like a um, concordance in your Bible of like different topics, I know for me, that was kind of like, that was that was like what I thought the Bible was. It's like, okay, well, it's like a reference book. I'll just go to it whenever I need, you know, something that deals with fear or pain or hurt, you know. I know for me, like, I didn't start thinking about the Holy Spirit until I started reading the Bible on my own. And that, for me, that was right the time that I became a follower of Christ. Um, it was like a month right before. I gave my life to the Lord um, I know there's a lot of different ways to say it. Um, I guess the, the Lord found me. Um, he captured my heart uh, June 2011. And, but in May 
2011. That was the very first time I ever read the Bible on my own. And I remember as I was reading, just like this little prayer within me of just saying like, God, like I, I just want to know you. Like if you are real, like help me. And I think that was the first encounter that I started to realize, wait a minute, Lord, you, you're, you're kind of directing me. Like you're kind of walking me through this. It's almost like you, you have my hand and you're, you're helping me find uh, more of you. And so like, as I would read the Bible, it would just like blow my mind of like, God, like, wow. Like I, I was just like praying about this or God, like this is something I was thinking about or, you know, and it was just like, he was just kind of leading me, but it wasn't until I, I finally was like, Jesus, like you can have my life. I'm done. And I didn't go to a church or anything at that time. Um, but after I remember I was going to school and I've shared this so many times, but I was going to school and I was walking by this girl. I was exam week of junior year of my high school. I was walking by this girl. I don't remember her name. She was a senior and I was just like, Hey, how you doing? And she's like, Oh, I'm doing great. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool, cool. Have a great day. And she's like, yeah, you too. It's like one of those like shallow conversations. But I remember immediately being like, she's not okay. And this was the day right after I asked Jesus to be Lord in my life. And I remember that just shocked me because I was like, this is so strange. Like, who am I talking to and what's going on? You know, like I, I felt like I was going crazy. But I think that was like my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. Then then reading the Bible, it, it like talks about it all the time. Even Jesus, like he said, like, it's better that I would go so that the counselor would come to you and the counselor would lead you in all of truth you know, lead you in all of the ways of truth. And so like, it was just like, I guess like just seeing that it started like, okay, well, God, that's like your presence within me. That's your spirit, you know, like, and you, you are, you're purifying me. Like you're, you're changing my heart. Um, so yeah, so for me, that's kind of like my introduction to the Holy Spirit. And it's, been kind of like a mystery ever since of just like learning more and more and more. Yeah. And so similar to you, um, after I had that surrender moment, um, probably one of my first, which I, I don't think I really recognized it then until mm-hmm. later looking back, but, um, I was trying to find a book to read with another girl in our church and the, the title, the battlefield of the mind just kept popping in my mind, which is crazy because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this book except for, I think somebody must've mentioned it to me a couple of years ago. And so I was like, no, I kept, I kept um, trying to, you know, no, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then I was in the library one day with my kids and we just kind of wandered into like the Christian living or something section, which I I normally am only go to like the kids section, get their books and we leave. I'm not Mm -hmm. wandering the library. And so the first title that popped out to me was the battlefield of the mind in that section. And so here I had been coming into my mind, Holy Spirit, you know, and then that's the first book that I saw on the shelf when I walked over there. And I was, so then I recognized, I'm like, okay, well, I've been thinking on this and then I'm seeing this, I'm going to order this book. And really that book, the battlefield of the mind um, was such a game changer in me with my, my thinking um, where I think a lot of times like, um, like we have to work through those thoughts in our mind to be able to figure out, okay, what, what are our thoughts? You know, what are the thoughts from the Holy spirit? You know, what are the thoughts that the enemy's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. trip us up with? And um, that was a huge 
that reading that book was just a huge part of my growth because it started to show me that, you, you know, yes, you should take control of your thoughts. You know, you can take those thoughts captive. And then when you start to do that, you start to recognize what's true or what's not, you know, or, or if there's a thought, it'll be confirmed in the scriptures or yeah. by somebody that the Lord sends you. And so just being like to get a handle on your mind is really like that next step after surrender, you know, when you're yeah. trying to really grow in, yeah. um, you know, having the spirit lead you. When you were like, okay, like, Lord, I can, as a follower of you, I can take these thoughts captive. I can understand what is you, what is me, what is the enemy. I think like in the self-help culture that we live in, there's a lot of empowerment messages, a lot of like, well, you can do this, you can do this. But like what you're talking about isn't necessarily like, well, you, you on your own can do this, but you're saying like through the Lord, through his word, then that is what I replace those thoughts with, you know, not like I tell my thoughts what, what I want. Most of the times, like when we try to tell ourselves that, then we'll get just so discouraged and burn out. Cause we're just like, I'm trying, you know, I just, I don't have the willpower, but like when we take captive that thought, we're saying, Lord, like you can help me with this. So I'm inviting you into this. So part of it, you know, the renewing of your mind is taking that thought captive so rec is even just recognizing that you don't have to think on what comes in your mind. Before I read the battlefield of the mind, I just would entertain any thoughts in my head, which is probably why I got into a really bad place in ministry because anything that would come in, like I would, my mind would feast on it. You know, I would, it would go crazy. So once I started realizing, okay, I'm not going to think on these things. I'm not going to allow it to enter. You know, you can't just stop your mind from thinking on something, you have to actually replace it with something. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things too, is like, you have to be in the word, like you have yeah. to know those verses and that truth to combat those thoughts that come in. And so I just did a life group in the fall with Jenny Allen, her new book that get out of your head. And um, something she said about Philippians 4, 8. So in Philippians 4, 8, that verse is, um, think about what is true, what is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Think on these things. So mm -hmm. not, you know, the, the other things. And whenever I would always quote that verse, because I didn't have it memorized, I'd always be like, you know, you can't think on, you know, whatever just comes in your mind. Just think on all those things that are pure and lovely, blah, 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 like you know, all the good. Yeah, yeah. But when I was teaching that group, like she said, even if you can't remember all the good things, remember the first one that's listed. Think on what is true. Mm -hmm. And so if you if all you can remember on is like, you need to think on what is true in your mind, then that can help you renew your mind. Because if you are in the word and you are constantly filling your mind with what's true and what's in the word, then you can combat those negative things. And so I struggle with anxiety in the past. And one of the ways I was able to break free from this anxiety of the fear of the future was recognizing when that thought would come. And then I would shut it down with that verse one, um, Psalms 139, 16, like um, God has ordained my days. And, and it was through this growth time that I learned like, nope, I'm not going to think about the what ifs of life. Yeah. I'm going to remember that God has ordained every day. And I would speak it every time over that thought that would come in. And it's completely transformed my mind. Like it's created those new grooves so that I don't go into the negative and I don't go into the worry. I just trust God with it. But we have to do that hard work. Like we need to be in the word. We need to know those truths. Otherwise, if we don't know the truth of the word, we can't we yeah. can't combat those thoughts that come. And like, I just think about like the times 
in my life before, uh, especially before coming to Christ, but even after coming to Christ, there are many times that I like, I know, like, I know I need to be in the word. I know all these things. Like, I don't know. I was just listening to um, something today and it was talking about like knowing what you need to do is a lot different than doing it. Like, I know I need to be in the gym. I might even put money every month to go to the gym, but like that, that, I don't, I don't truly believe that I need to be in the gym until I'm actually in the gym and I'm actually doing it. But I think like that's kind of a trip for me of just like, I know I need to be in the Word. I know I need to be doing this, but like I just don't have that motivation. I don't have that desire, that will. I was thinking about this passage right here in Romans chapter 8, um, verse 1. It says, So now there is no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And I know that there has been times that I, I'm like, okay, yes, I know I'm free from the power of sin. I'm free from the power of death. I'm free from all these selfish desires and all these like, you know, lack of motivations to get to know Jesus more. But like, I know all these things, but like, how do I get through that? When, when you talk about growing in the spirit and like following after the spirit and listening to the spirit and being able to discern your thoughts, what has been able to be like a motivation for you to do that? But because I think before, like, like these passages are saying, like before we, our motivation was like, okay, well, like I want to be better. I want to do better and stuff. But like, has that been your motivation of continuing growing in the Lord or has it been Jesus himself. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like of all that trying and striving and doing, like you're going to try so hard and you're never going to be able to measure up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started to see the way that the Lord would would reveal things to me and then to see how it would come about or things that we may have used to think were like coincidences. And now I'm like, I know they're not coincidences. That's Mm. the Lord. You know, I think that just made me that just, um, I just wanted more of that. I wanted to learn more of how he works. And Jonah, like you said, I think when you were talking about how, um, the month before you surrendered, Mm. you just said, God, if you are real, like I want to experience you, I want to know you. And through this time of, of seeking the Lord for me after my surrender moment, I just wanted to know God. Like I knew God. And we talked about this on the last podcast because I grew up in church. I was told about God. I was taught about God. I went, you know, I knew who God was, but I didn't know God for myself. I didn't really, I mean, I knew his character and he was faithful, but I don't know that I truly believe I hadn't experienced God for myself. And so once I started to experience God. I, I, I can't quote this verse, but it's like that verse that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like yeah. I had not truly tasted that the Lord was good. Like I believed it was good because of what I was taught and I was a good rule follower, but I had not truly tasted and seen his goodness. Yes, and yes. there have been some things that happened in my life um, over these last couple of years that truly made me have to question, is God good? And so it was through that wrestling. It was through like, having those, I would have conversations with Scott, like, I don't know if I could go on in ministry and tell people that God is good, because right now he does not seem very good to me. But I took those honest feelings and I wrestled them out with the Lord. And he just, and I can't, I I mean, I know what different things like he did. um, But he just met me in that brokenness met me in that wrestling. And um, I came out of that even stronger in my faith. And I just continued to pray like God revealed more of yourself to me, I want to know you not, I know of you and, and you're just this, um, 
ticket of salvation that, you know, is going to keep me out of hell. Like he's so much more than that, you know, but I don't know that I ever viewed it that way until I started experiencing him in my life. Instead of you just trying to do that on your own strength, it was an invitation of saying like, God, help me do what I'm, I can't do. Yes. Cause it, cause when we try to do it on our own, like it, you, you know, you get frustrated or whatever. Yeah. And it's not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and to see the way he's working. After that moment where you had that moment where it was like you and the Lord and you walked out of that room saying, God, it, it's you now. Like, I can't, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. Like after that moment, what has been some things that stand out to you of ways that God has shown you more of himself and has grown you like in ways that you never could have imagined? Is there anything that kind of stands out to you? Yeah. Um, some is just like dying to myself. You know, I used to be very much, um, a perfectionist and, um, wanting to put on a certain, not even purposely trying to put on a certain error of myself, you know, but like, you only really want to put your best foot forward, you know, in the flesh, you want to show that you have it all together. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, like over the last several years, he's really been breaking down all of that, that I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please him. And when we know like our identity is in him, then all that gets stripped away. Like on my phone, the screensaver is like more of you, less of me. You know, I just always want to pray that like God help get me out of the way. We want you, I want you to shine through me. You know, um, it's just like tearing down that that selfishness, I Mm -hmm. guess, and wanting to always prove yourself right. And learning how to be humble when you're wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. going to people and saying, you know, I'm sorry, you know, Um, and actually those verses, these verses in Romans, Romans 8, 5 and 6 are two verses that have really been digging into over the last um, at least a year, if not two. Um, But I'll just read those real quick. It says Mm -hmm. those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what the nature desires. And those who live in accordance to the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. The mind of the sinful men is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. And that kind of that ties right in with what we're talking about, being in control of your mind, um, but not living in the flesh. And so I'm constantly asking the Lord, like, lead me today by the spirit. I don't want to live in the flesh. You know, I don't want to make all those decisions that I might think are right because the heart is wicked, right? I mean, we're, it's deceitful. And so we can't just rely on what we think or I mean, we could be a good person and still be outside of what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just constantly asking the spirit to lead and breaking down that, that self, that me, you know, the, um, I think I'm right. And all that, all that junk that we tend to do. And as you're doing that, like, as you're inviting the Holy spirit to lead your life, then things may come about that you would not necessarily think you're going to (laughs) do, you know, like I, um, now have, I've spoke a couple of times. I never, I always told God, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share. I'm not going to speak. And, but I think after doing it a couple of like the first time I did that, I was constantly asking the Lord to um, prepare my heart. I wanted to speak what he wanted me to share, you know, and then when I did and it just flowed so naturally, like I knew that was the spirit because if it was me, I would have been up there like shaking, you know, my mind would have been all jumbled up because I've done things when I've done it in the flesh. And that's how I felt. But the difference is when you're, when you're doing something that he calls you to do and you're doing it through his strength, like this peace comes over you, he flows through you. And, and so the more I've experienced that, like the more it, it gives me the courage to say, okay, God, what's next? Like, I want you to lead with what's next. And so um, one thing that was just really a big 
thing that just happened to me recently was with our ladies at our church, we, we did the if gathering, um, which is the Jenny Allen, um, her conference and it was virtual and the whole thing was spirit led. Um, it was not something I was planning to do. And I'd actually, um, said we weren't going to do it and told the person who brought this information to me, like, we're not going to do it. I reacted in the flesh before I really <laughs> prayed and asked God about it. Yeah. And then God completely changed my schedule and I knew he was speaking to me to do this. And so I, I said, okay, let's go ahead and move forward with this. And every part of that event, so much happened that weekend that was completely led by the spirit. Jonah, he was, he was revealing things to me through that weekend that then would come about and it's so hard to explain without telling you every situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember um, going home after that event and telling Scott, like, I can't even tell you wh- what happened because I don't, uh, I don't think I've, I, I don't have words to express what God show revealed to me. Yeah. Like, um, I never experienced him like that um, in so many different ways. You know, I'll just give one quick example. Um, this was wrapping up the end of the day and um, we, we had some questions that we wanted to go through, but I didn't know, like we had all these different kind of categories of questions and Jonah, you are our sound guy for that event. And, um, and I was like, okay, Jonah, what should we do? He's kind of listening to give us like heads up of what's coming up. And he's like, I think you should do a table group. Well, in that moment, Jonah, I remember thinking, why would you say a table group? Because like, we've not even watched a, a teaching, you know, I don't even know where to go from here. But I, you know, I wasn't going to throw Joda under the bus in front of everybody. So I thought, okay. And so um, I just felt, I felt God impress on my heart, you know, have them talk about calling and purpose, which was crazy because we had not had any conversation about calling and purpose. There was no reason to do that. And then we did that. And then the next two messages after that, people were taught, the speakers were talking about calling and purpose. And that's just one little thing of the whole event of how the Lord worked. He would impress things on my heart and then they would come about. And that's experiencing God in that way makes me want to experience him more. makes me want to say like spirit, keep leading. Like I want, don't, I don't want to figure it out. I want you to figure it out. And for me to say that who's a planner and wants to have everything planned out to a T is crazy because I would rather like say, no, I know everything that's coming. I want to have it all planned out yeah. and perfect. But through this event, the Lord showed me, it's not about you. It's not about what you can do, but when you release it to me, I can show you something way better than what you could have ever planned. Yeah. So, so it sounds like there's this tendency within us to hold on to things. And then our fear is, okay, God, if I let this go, then like the results are going to be horrible like like it all depends on us right yes we don't control it then it's gonna be crazy but like even from that example you gave it it sounds like as we start to learn to let go as we start to die to ourselves all of these terms that maybe we hear but we don't really think about or maybe even struggle to apply in our lives but as even that little little seed of saying god like help me, help me want to, help me, like, show me why I should, you know, like, get me to a place where I do, you know, but, like, as you start to let go, you start to see Ephesians 3.20, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine according to his name and his glory, you know, so, like, as you started to let go, you saw, like, the results of that. Yeah, and sometimes it's, he takes us through things like for me, my surrender moment, I was at the bottom of the bottom, you know, and sometimes 
we don't see our need for him until we get to that real low place, which I think was you too, yeah, yeah. before your surrender mm-hmm. moment, you were at a pretty low place. Mm-hmm. Even with that if gathering, that Friday night, it was a two day event. So the Friday night, I felt like I was going to throw up because I had no control over what was going to happen. It was yeah. completely like I kept praying like, Lord, and even though like I believed he was going to work things out, like I didn't know you know, again, yeah. just giving up that control. But after seeing what he did on Friday night, I came Saturday so excited. I was like a little kid on Christmas morning. Yeah. Like, Lord, what are you going to do today? Yeah. Because I yeah. saw what you did last night. And I know this whole thing is of you. So yeah. what he did Friday night gave me confidence that he was going to continue yeah. to work on Saturday. And I think when we start to release that grip and we see him working, then we can release a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more until like we are fully wide open and we are just expecting him yeah. to do some big things. And we have an enemy that wants to still kill and destroy like John 10, 10. And so he wanted to prevent you from getting to that Friday yes. because if he can prevent you from ever getting to that Friday, you would have never been expecting the Saturday or the Sunday. Yeah, and he tried. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely tried. I was thinking about this passage as you were talking, Jeremiah 17, uh, verse 5. It says this, this is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope of the future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And then verse 9 is a famous, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 is like a famous passage I think a lot of us quote all the time. The human heart is the most deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? When we trust in our own strength, our own efforts, our own ability, it gets us to that dry wilderness of feeling burnt out, jaded, confused, hurt, you know, like traumatized sometimes, you know, especially when we give our all into something, especially our own human strength or other people. But then it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They're like this this tree with roots going deep. And then that thing that that it just said about they, they are not bothered. They are not bothered. Like... As we grow in the Holy Spirit, we start to get this strength to be like, okay, Lord, I can be able to see these external circumstances, not through my own strength, trusting in my own wisdom, but I'm able to see this through you. And like, okay, Lord, there's such a bigger picture at work. And I was just thinking about that with what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps you then to be able to handle those things that come your way and not I mean, of course, they're going to be hard, but but it, instead of um, going like, oh, woe is me. OK, Lord, what are you wanting to teach me through the situation now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, not viewing it as like God is some God in heaven that's just um, hitting us with some horrible circumstances. But knowing that there there's got to be a purpose or a refining or whatever the situation is. And that's part of knowing God's character, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the more, you know, his character, the more you're able to handle those kinds of things. And then, um, then he can reveal to you, you know, or he's growing you through the situation or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yesterday in Bible study, we were just talking about that. There seems to be this pattern within us as humans that we rely on our own strength. We rely on our own understanding 
and it gets us so far, and then all of a sudden it drops us, and all of a sudden now we're in this panic mode of, God, I am struggling here. Like, I need you. Like, and even the most hardcore person that's like, there is no God, there is no God, they will take prayer when they're like, you know, hit with those circumstances like you and me where we were at. So they're down and they're like, God, I need you. And then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes and sometimes not, but sometimes it'll start to be a restoration that happens of like our external circumstances start to get better. And we're like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then we forget him and we rely back on our own strength. And um, there's a guy in the Bible study and just very vulnerable. I'm so grateful he asked this question because I I think it's something that I would have even asked after thinking about this. He was just like, well, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point of of like pain and all this is, is to get us to, you know, cause there's this, this like kind of loop. And like the more I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, there is this loop, but is that really God's will for our lives to constantly be stuck in this loop of saying like, okay, God, yeah, I'm, I'm going to follow you, but we'll only follow him to a point. And then we'll get to a point where we're like, okay, I'm going to rely on my own strength. And then also now we're in the desert and now we're crying out for water and he gives us water. And then we're like, okay, cool, God. And then we're like, okay, well, I I got it from here. You know, like, is that God's will? And it's like, no, you know, that's not his will. Like there are going to be those loops. But the hope is as we live in the spirit that like we start that that loop starts to get not just like months go by and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, now I need to go to church. But it starts to become like a day by day loop of saying, okay, God, like, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you today. I'm coming to you today in desperation. I need you. I'm in a dry and a weary land. Lord, help me abide by your spirit because your spirit, you are the living water. And like as we, even those moments that we have those small rebellions in our heart, it's not like we just keep going on like, okay, well, I got this. Like, I got this. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I got this. I got this. But like, it's like even moment by moment, we're saying, okay, no, no, I really don't got this. God, you got this. I need you. Yes. And I think it's a daily, like we should constantly be asked to be filled with the spirit, you know? And, um, and prior to learning about all this, like I never invited the spirit in, you know, like I knew he was in my heart, but I never saw the need to, um, call on him for help. But now, and like what you're saying, Jonah, and to me for, for where I'm at, like sometimes, um, I'll find myself getting caught up in a situation. Mm-hmm. Let's just say like with my son, you know, if we start to get at it, you know, mm-hmm. I could, I could get at it with him for a little while, but I want, I would rather, my goal is to hear the spirit so quickly in a mm-hmm. situation that I can show like God's love to him before I have to go back and apologize, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like that, that constant spiral of things that happen. You're, you're saying a loop, you know, yeah, I think yeah, you know yeah. like a spiral. Um, but the quicker we can recognize God's voice or the Holy spirit leading us um, to change our reaction or to change the way we're thinking on a situation, then that will help us in the long run. You know, that'll bring more glory and honor to him. But if we're not, if we're not asking the spirit to lead us, and to, you know, asking him to fill us with what we need for the day, um, then we will rely more on ourselves, you know, and it might take us going through some junk before we, it dawns on ourselves that oh, I haven't even asked the Lord what, for his help, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, but that is, is, needs to become more of a, um, and I don't want to say like a routine because, you know, that sounds more, yeah, of a yeah. thing, but, but the more we train ourselves, it's a training, then it becomes more of a natural thing that you yeah. do. And, 
you can hear God's voice, I think, a lot more when you're when you're inviting him in and you're asking him to fill you. Um, whereas sometimes like like we may have accepted Jesus or asked him to come into our heart. And then we've never thought twice about asking the Holy Spirit to continually fill us. Mm. And I think it needs to be a continually a continuing filling of the spirit in our life um, for him to, you know, for us to realize that we need to call on him for his power and not yeah. rely on our strength. What, what are some of the things you do to get out of those ruts when you feel like you've had that spiral or that loop or whatever, and you're just like, okay, like the intimacy between you and the, you and me, Lord, is off. And, you know, maybe you can see why it's off. Maybe you're like, well, I know why it's off. Yeah, I can, I can see it. But sometimes, I know for me, sometimes I don't know why, you know. Um, what are some things you do to kind of renew your thought, you know, to, to not live according to your flesh or live according to your old ways? But what are some of the ways that you kind of renew? I know we talk about the word. Um, absolutely, that is the foundation. But what are some things that you do or to kind of foster that? Okay, God, I we need to work this out. One, I think, is just confession. You know, just mm-hmm. when, when you realize that that you've been acting one way, um, is just coming to the Lord and confessing and prayer, you know, praying and, and asking, you know, telling him that you're you know, you haven't been living right or whatever the situation is, um, you know, confessing it to him. Um, uh, you know, something else is just like being, I feel like for me is, um, I just get busy a lot. You know, I get busy in my own, trying to figure things out on my own, like, uh, my own plans, my own, like, it's so easy to start the week and just plan out the entire week. And you don't even consult the Holy spirit with what, what is his plan? You know, his plan may be totally different. And so I think sometimes when I find myself in a season of busyness to where I realize I'm, I'm making my plans and I'm doing all these things and I try to pull back and say, okay, Lord, I know I have things planned for today, but if, if there's somebody you want me to minister today, or, um, you know, if your plans are different than mine, then reveal that to me. But then I also say, help me to be okay with it. Because sometimes for me, when my plans veer off and I'm not able to check off everything on my list, then I get frustrated because I'm a doer and, you know, a planner. So I also pray and ask the Lord, you know, um, if there's something else that you bring into my life today, then help me to be okay with it. Help me to recognize it because when I recognize it from the Lord, then I don't get frustrated, but sometimes our plans will change or something will happen. And it's easy to get frustrated and not realize that actually that that was the Lord. Like maybe he wanted us to minister to that person or what, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, and just, it's again, you know, asking the Lord to open your eyes to the way that he's working. Um, you know, one thing I also like to do is just, um, I just, I have just like a worship time, uh, in our basement, you know, I'll just get like, uh, and this doesn't happen every day. It's not part of my quiet time or, you know, my time with the Lord, but when I, um, just really feel kind of out of sorts on things, I just go down there and I shut everything else out. And it's just that time to praise him, put my mind back on him. Um, you know, the reverence, just to put him back in the place he needs to be, you know, instead of doing all the running and a quick prayer or, you know, my, my quiet time in the morning, but it's more of a, you know, Lord, you know, I, I am surrendered to you, you are what it's all about. And just like kind of getting away where you shut everything out and it, you're just completely focused on him, you know, even more so than being at church, because at church, there's still so many distractions, you know, but it's, it's the time where I can just get away and just, um, like 
really sit at his feet, you know, and worship yeah. him. I think another thing that that I've seen you do a lot more since that surrender moment is that you are more inclined to be vulnerable with others about that rut that you feel like you're in instead of just internalizing it. And like you said, putting on that face of like, oh, no, everything's fine. I've gone to people and said, sorry, I was in my flesh today. (laughs) That was never part of my vocabulary before. But now I understand what that means. You know, I'm living in my 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 own desires and instead of listening to the spirit. And so then I feel convicted in a situation and I need to go back and apologize instead of just being like, Oh, well, you know, moving on you want to, I want to make things right, you know, and also just knowing that if there's not things right between you and another person, then that's going to cause a rift in your relationship with the Lord. Mm. And I want that sweet relationship with the Lord because when, again, you've tasted and you've yeah. seen and you want to have that, you don't want anything to stand yeah. in the way. And that's Psalms 34, verse 8, by the way. And I'm not super, like, smart. I Googled it. (laughs) But, yeah, so as you were talking, I was like, okay, what is it? What are some things that right now you feel like the Lord is maybe teaching you or trying to grow you, trying to stretch you? Is there anything you could think of? Just, I guess, vulnerability moment? Well, I think one thing is just... um... He's been revealing to me that I need to know why I believe what I believe. um, And do I even agree with what I've been taught, which is crazy. It's not, I'm not like going often to a totally different direction, but I think some of this too comes with just mentoring others. But um, like, I think, and I mentioned this on your last podcast, like a lot of my life, like I, I was on my parents, like I Mm. rode my parents' faith and then I was on Scott's faith. And so he's really been revealing to me, like, um, Karen, you need to know why you believe things. And, and he's been revealing to me, you know, through the word, but also by placing people around me, um, you know, I had this conversation with Scott not too long ago that, um, we didn't have a, um, we didn't agree 100% on it. It's not a black and white issue, but, and it's okay to disagree, but I know like, I was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay that we don't agree. And it's okay that you can't necessarily explain it to me in the way that, that I'm understanding or wanting to agree Mm -hmm. with you because I know the Lord's going to show it to me because uh, he's revealed so much to me now that I know, like, if I go to him with this, then he's going to make it clear. And he has been making it clear. And then it's cool. Cause then I can go back to Scott and be like, Hey, this is what the Lord's been showing me about this situation. And so then it just continues our conversation. And so I guess for me is just, um, just, just knowing that God is just revealing things to me. I'm just questioning things and I don't want to just understand something because it's something I've been taught or been told, but I want to know it because I know the Lord has revealed it to me, whether it's in his word or, um, you know, in the way that he speaks through Mm -hmm. other people or through like, like for one thing, um, I read this book, forgotten God by Francis Mm -hmm. Chan, which is phenomenal. If any of you have not read that book. Um, but, and I've told this to you, Jonah, but, um, this book was not a revelation to me. This book Mm -hmm. was a confirmation of everything the Lord has already been teaching me. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I read something like this, um, it just should, okay, God, I'm on the right track because you just keep giving me more and more and more of those questions or things that I, I think you're showing me. And then, and then he confirms it. And so, um, that 
again, it's like another way that I've been experiencing God in such a powerful way that I, that I didn't in the past, because I don't think I ever questioned things. I just, mm. I just believed it because I've been taught yeah. and, um, and now it just, it's, it's pretty powerful, you know? Yeah. There's a passage here, um, in Hebrews five verse 11, it says this, there's so much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And like, even just in everything that we've been talking about, like, it is, God is our father. He cares. He cares so much about us. He's not the father that is beating us up whenever we're not making the right steps. He's not the one that's abusing us. He's not the one that is just speaking all these lies or, or pain or hurt or whatever. He's not that. We can see God's invisible qualities through Christ. And so we know that God the Father wants us not to stay spiritual infants any longer. He wants for us to respond today. He wants for today to be the day that we even just cry out like we talked about today, even if it's just a little a little offering of just saying, God, help me, help me. I want to grow. I want. I don't want to be comfortable here. I don't want to be, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of other people's faith, or I don't want to just keep coming to church and, you know, going through the motions. Like I, I hear a good word and I'm struggling to live it out, or what this like his 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 will is for us to to be teaching others. Mm-hmm. I think we forget that God is with us. Yeah. That. You know, like Emmanuel, God with us, like as a follower of Christ, if if you've asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and you've given him your life and you are struggling with knowing the difference of right and wrong, you're struggling to even have a motivation to read his word, you're struggling to even like, okay, like I just don't really get this, like, you know, like, or you're getting caught up in the behavior modification of it and you're getting burnt out, you're getting hurt and everything. I guess like a encouragement and also a challenge to us is like, God, help me, like, help me know you. And that's something that we've been talking about even recently of just like, God, like, we can't, we can't afford, we can't afford for people to see us when they see us. We, they have to see Christ through us. If they're not seeing Christ, then they're going to get caught up in this like dead end with us. The world might look at us and if we're not any different, if we're just ourselves that claiming to know Christ, then they're not going to want any, they're not going to want it. Right. I mean, there's nothing different about us, but when they see Jesus in us, or we're able to share with them what God has done or um, the ways that he's working in our life, then that's what's going to draw them in. That's what's going to show them that there's something different in our life. And, but if we're not, if we're not asking for the spirit to lead and we're not, um, where, and we are trying to lead by our flesh, then there's nothing different. You know, yeah. there, there's nothing different in us that they're going to want. And even as we're talking, we have an enemy that wants people right now that are listening, watching this to look at you or look at me and say, oh, well, that's cool. Uh, good for them. But like, I can't have that. And that is like from the pit of hell. Like that is not true. Like everything that we're sharing about like what the Lord has been doing and showing us that is all to him. That is all to him, you know? Because I know how, how messed up I am. You know how messed up you are. We know how 
incapable we are to do and to want him, you know? Like we can't we can't live this out. We can't we can't do any of this apart from him. Right. And this everything we're saying doesn't mean that we're always living by the spirit. Yeah. I live by the Absolutely. flesh a lot. You know, I was just telling my son the other day because he was hard on himself for the way that he was treating his sister. And I told him like, Nathan, don't I have to come and apologize to you sometimes because of the way that I act to you? And so I know, I mean, I, I am not perfect by any means, but I guess like when you are inviting the spirit in and you're asking him to lead and you see what he can do, then you know, like, that's what it is. It's not anything I can muster up on my own. It's not trying harder. And I think that's where so many people get, um, get so discouraged is that they, they don't think they can ever have this, you know, um, because they've been trying so hard in their own strength to manufacture it or make it happen. And it's not, it's all about surrender. You know, surrender is such a misconception because we think when we surrender, like we said earlier, we're going to lose it all. But really when we surrender, we gain it all. Surrender is how you live the abundant life in Christ. And the enemy wants to keep you trapped in that thought of when you surrender, you give it all up. And that's, that yeah. is such a lie. No, I guess just the whole thing is just, you know, experiencing God for yourself, you know, not, not believing God or believing something just because you've been taught, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just something that you hear on Sunday morning and then you go back out and live your week for yourself, never thinking again about inviting the Lord in, you know, um, having that relationship with the Lord means that you're constantly inviting him into your day, that you're asking him to lead and to guide. And it's not something we experience in a church. It's not something that we experience one time when we ask him Mm -hmm. to come into our heart. Like it's something we should be experiencing every day, moment by moment. Um, And we're not going to always get it right. Mm -hmm. But when we think, when we hear those, again, discerning your thoughts in your mind, when, when it's that fleeting thought that might be something different than all your other thoughts, it's that one you want to lean into and be like, something's holding me back. Like, what is it that that's a little different in this thought? That's the one that you need to lean into um, and just, you know, start to recognize when God's speaking to you yeah. and um, and not make it just like a, a Sunday morning thing, you know, yeah, or yeah. a one-time event. All that that we're talking about is we we desire that love, that joy, that peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I think sometimes as followers of Christ, we try to muster that in ourselves. So we work the ground, we do this, we go there, we go to these, um, uh, you know, um, environments or events that promise to foster that. And we're just constantly just going and working and working, 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 working. But at the end of the day, it's the fruit of the spirit. That is the fruit of the spirit. So as we submit to the spirit of God within us, love is produced. Joy is produced, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like it is his working within us. And even that I think is, I mean, we're talking about that loop as humans that we, you know, that, you know, we were like, okay, God, I need you. And then he, and then he helps us. And we're like, oh, I'm good now. And oh, I need you. I'm good now. Oh, I need you. We're talking about that loop. But there's also this beautiful loop of restoration that is happening within us. That day by day, the spirit wants to renew and restore us to make us more into his image. And so there's this other loop at work playing within us of a prompting of surrender, a prompting of giving, 
giving up, a prompting of adjusting. And as we do that, we experience that love, that joy, that peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that we long for. And that propels us even closer to wanting to grow and to know not just a concept or a theory or a theology or a teaching or go do a thing or do this, but know Jesus. Yeah. You know, like, like God the Father loved us so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's our, the son, the word of God that became flesh, loved us so much that he gives us his spirit freely as a deposit, the scripture says, in order for us to want to know him and, and follow him more. You know, like it's the spirit that helps us want to worship him. And so it's just like the Trinity is just this loop of just life, you know? And so like, yeah, it just kind of even coming to me now, just like, yeah, we want, we want the abundant life in Christ. We read about the abundant life in Christ. We, we, we do things to try to get this abundant life in Christ, but like heavy heart, stop striving. It's found in Jesus. And as you submit to Jesus, as you say, okay, Lord, my life, I'm a conduit of what you want to do. I am your hands. I am your feet. I am your mouth. And again, yes, like we said, I am a bad example of your hands, your feet, your mouth, but I want to be better. I want to be more, you know, and it's going to take our whole life. It's going to take our whole life to be who he's created us to be. Yes. Yes. So good. You know, like I think I mentioned before about how I got so burdened down in ministry because I would be focused on the things people did or what they said or what, you know, whatever. But now like nothing's changed. I'm still in ministry. You know, those things are still happening, but now it's that it's the Holy spirit. That's like, Karen, (laughs) you know, it's like, I can feel that holding back. I can feel the, um, you know, okay, I'm going to give grace, you know, people, it's, it's just all of that. And I didn't, I never used to lean into that. And, and there are still the flesh thoughts that mm-hmm. come, mm-hmm. but the Holy spirit trumps that. And I can, I, I just feel his presence, just, just reminding me, no, you know? And so instead of going this way into the flesh, then I kind of lean, okay. You know, I sit back and I listen and I like try to refocus on everything that's going on. And then like the Holy spirit just leads in that. Like he reminds me of what's true and the way that we should be. And so nothing else has changed other than that. I am calling on the Holy spirit, asking him to lead and to guide and to show me things. And then he fills me with what I need to be able to respond in the correct way and not in, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. The um the the Bible study yesterday, we were talking about um, yeah, we were like talking about that loop, and we, we were reading from this passage, and like I was talking about how um there's like two examples of of this passage in Jeremiah about you know cursed are those that put their trust in mere humans, and then also blessed are those who trust in the Lord, and it's found in Genesis in the uh, the part where it's talking about Joseph. And uh, it's like Genesis 30 something. But um, there is, as soon as Joseph is sold into slavery, yeah, there's that. And then it says he gets sold to Egypt. But then there's a chapter right after that that's talking about Judah. And Judah's one of Joseph's brothers. And Judah, it's just like depravity. It's like, what the freak? You came from the same father, earthly father, as Joseph. And like, you've had. You, you're not thrown into slavery. You haven't been, you know, you, you're not far away. You Like, you have more comforts than where Joseph's at. 
But like you see Jonah, G, not Jonah. Oh goodness, Freudian slip. But you see uh, Judah. You just see Judah, just like completely like you're like you know God, you know God. But your 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 life isn't matching up with that. Like something's off, and you just see through Judah like all this like brokenness. But then the next chapter is Joseph in Potiphar's house. And you see how Joseph, he's like, how can I do this against my God? Or let alone your husband, my master, when he's talking to Potiphar's wife, you know. And you just see how there's this example of like, Joseph should have been the one wilding out. He's had so much crap. Poor guy, give him a break. But he, even through that, he did not, he had such a relationship, like a a intimacy with God, the father that like, that is what sustained him through all that rockiness, you know? Um, and we were just like talking about that yesterday. And it, it's crazy because even in this Jeremiah 17 passage, the very first verse of Jeremiah 17, this is what it says. The sin of Judah is ascribed with an iron chisel engraved with diamond point of their stony hearts and on the corner of their altars. Even their children go to worship at pagan altars and Asherah poles beneath every green tree and every high hill. You see, you see the legacy, you know, and it's so it's so cool because Jesus redeems the line of Judah, like, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. So all that to say, just living by the spirit is something that will take our whole lives. It will take our whole lives. And that's that's where it's not just like the, the point of this life isn't to be better. The point of this life is to know Jesus. And as we know Jesus, we we will we will reflect him more, you know? Especially those that are listening or watching this right now. There is a lot that we talked about. There's a lot that we discussed. But at the end of it all, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like if you don't get anything else from this this time <laughs> that we have had here together is Jesus. Like the only reason why we can even speak about these things is because of Jesus. Jesus, the resurrected son of God, did a work in my heart and changed my life. And I never would have met Karen if it wasn't for that. Yes. And let me say, you know, it's not just about like trying to figure out the Bible and understand everything. Cause you can't just do that on your own. Yeah. And one of the things that made such a difference in my life was when I, before I would open up the Bible is ask God reveal to me what you want me to learn today. Inviting. It's all about calling on him and inviting him in. And it's not just about trying to understand everything so that you know it here, but it's, it's relying on the spirit as you're learning for him to reveal things to you. And I think I miss that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us miss that. We, we're depending upon ourselves to become the certain person and to understand a certain thing. Um, but what will happen if you just say, I'm not going to put like a certain expectation on myself. I'm just going to say, Lord, yeah. you teach me. Teach me what you want me to learn. Reveal to me in your word what you want me to learn today. Yeah. And it's not about like, I've got to get through this Bible in a year. It's about, I'm going to read until you reveal what it is that you want yeah. me to learn. Or I'm going to read this passage over and over until you do. Yeah, and yeah. then it becomes more about that relationship than yeah. you know, striving and the knowledge and yeah. trying to yeah. figure it all out. The, the end goal is nothing else but Jesus. Yes. It's nothing else. Nothing else. And when the end goal is not Jesus, that's what leads us to that death and destruction. That's what leads us to the dry, weary land where we're just saying, I feel cursed. Yeah. It's because in that moment we are cursed because we're apart from the blessing and the, the blessing is Jesus. So anyway, all that to say, heavy heart, rest easy. Um, uh, Karen, I know you prayed at the beginning. Do you mind praying again? I will. All right, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> 
Father God, we just thank you for just meeting with us today, Lord. Thank you for um, speaking through us. And Lord, we just pray just as we continue to go about our days, Lord, that you lead, you guide, you direct. We invite you into our life. We ask you continue to fill us up with more of you. Lord, our goal is just to know you more, Lord. We want to um, just join you where you're working. God, may it not be about us, but be about you and um, just sharing with others what you are doing in our lives and um, just the way that you're working, God. Just thank you for this podcast, God. I just pray just a blessing on Jonah and um, just all those that are listening and that it will just continue to go forth and um, bring glory to you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 I just wanted to wrap this episode up today in a song. And this song is by the band Starfield. And the name of the song is Over My Head. I feel like this song just really encapsulates everything that we were just talking about of just saying, God, you are so much bigger than my head. (laughs) You are so much bigger than my strength. You are so much bigger than other people and what they can say about you. And God, I want to know you more. Heavy heart, you are so, so, so loved. May we just respond to him today.